by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. You may remember... Right before the women's meeting last month, we had the women's team leaders all came up and shared about five to ten minutes, and it was just a phenomenal service. I still get comments on it, and, uh, and some of the things have stuck with me that they said, and we're going to get a similar experience tonight, except tomorrow night is the men's meeting, so who do you think we're going to have speak tonight? Not the kids. We're going to have our men's team leaders speak tonight. So I know as I was getting ready for tonight's service, I come across this video, and, and I got to watch it, and I said, you know what? There's four guys in this video, and they remind me so much of the four guys that are going to speak tonight. I thought I would show this video. The, the first guy, can you get ready for the... I got old crippled Tom going back and forth. He's getting in shape. Uh... <laughs> He's working out. All right. The first guy, I uh, kind of reminds me of Bill. All right. The second guy that's riding a John Deere tractor, it kind of reminds me of Gary. Let's see. Who, who's left? We got Dan. Daniel's the one barbecuing. All right. And who, el who else we got? Tim. Oh, what, what, what was Tim doing? Oh, Tim is the gardener because he likes to work in the yard. So, Kind of keep these things in mind as we watch this here video. <laughs> here they are. This is Dad Life. It's how we live 24-7, 365. Check me. Gas station glasses, don't care what the masses think about me with my sweet goatee. I'm rocking my dockers with a cuff and a crease. I got that St. John's Bay and the clip for my piece. I look nice. I got dozens of dollars and that's right. It goes straight to my daughters and my wife. I'm a miracle dad, making magic with the checkbook is the talent I have. I roll hard in the yard with a 60-inch cut. Zero turn radius, my neighbors say, what? They be driving by, peeping my landscape. Yo, these greens, got nothing on my manscape. Gary. <laughs> Hydrangeas, begonias, crepe myrtles, ornamental turtles. Hold up, is that a weed in my fescue? Oh no, round up to the rest. It's the dad life, it's the dad life. Take my daughter to the party. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. Shooting vids of the kids. It's the dad life. Roll up to the splash pad. 10 a.m. My whole entourage hops out the minivan. We splishy splashy for an hour or two. Then it's back to the house. Prepping for the barbecue. Brats, dogs, racker ribs, whatever. Get me on the Weaver, man. Nobody does it better. Call me Lord of the Grill. I'm King of the Coals. Nana's secret recipe. You know how I roll. 
ADP 16 by 9 I'm rocking man cave status with a screen like mine Keep your peanut butter hands off my 50 inch physio Pop up the corn, roll the Disney video We got Aladdin, Jasmine, Abu, the genie hey. With kids like mine, everybody wants to be me Sing the night song and then it's off to bed This is the dad life, no more to be said It's the dad life, hey. it's the dad life oh. Hit the mall, coaching ball, it's the dad life It's the dad life, hey. it's the dad life oh. Playing rough, fixing stuff, it's the dad life It's the dad life, it's the dad life yeah, you know how we do it, it's the dad life! Mm. <laughs> now, did that look like them if you know them, huh? So we can keep them in order and you can know who was in the video. We're going to go in the order of the video. Who was the first one we saw? Y'all give a big round of applause to the dad life, Mr. Bill McCall. He's got his, he's got his phone on his hip. <laughs> he's about ready to trip. See you know? the cre crease in my khakis? <laughs> I knew I got up in the air this early this morning for some reason. Oh, me, I can't argue that one. That was good, Amen. How many of y'all know God is good? Amen? Do we know God is good? Amen? All the time. So let's, uh, and actually, what's amazing though, Sister Lisa, she heard from God today. She didn't know that God had something to compliment what she put up there as far as sharing for the tithes and offerings. So let's bring back up Malachi 3 verse 6. You know, some of the things I learned, too, as we turn to scriptures and kill time, right? And some of y'all may not know, I've been helping out with the youth. So I've learned there's creative ways to kind of keep them challenged and wondering, what in the world is he doing? All right? I know, right? Amen? So, what does it say in verse 8? Well, I say 6? Yeah, three. we'll start there. It says, I'm the Lord, and I do not change. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not really already destroyed. Let's go to verse 5. Or sorry, 7. Sorry about that. See, at least I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heavens. Uh, but you ask, how can we return to you? We have never gone away. Amen. And going down to verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? And we all know that, right? Have you not robbed me? And then we're going down to verse 10. It says, Bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And here's where we, Sister Lisa was talking about. And prove me now this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. Now, I know a lot of us, we've been looking at this and saying, Okay, we're challenging God. And I, let's put it in a different context where I think this is what God was saying. This was the confidence God had when he said this. He says, prove me now. He said, prove me now because he's confident that you know who you are in him. Therefore, when you prove him, when you walk in God's word, when you're standing on his word, 
that opens the floodgates of these blessings. Did y'all hear me? Let me say it again. So some of the things, like I said, in the, getting the men together and what we've been doing, and God's been moving, doing a lot of things. You know, we as men, you know, <clears throat> every day we're challenged with who we are as a man. And what I mean by that, you know, it's God's word that we need, is our ground. And, and who we are is right here in this word. This is who we are. Everything's going to come against us. You know, all the t- trials and tribulations, things going to come against us all the time. And, and I kind of want to, God kind of spoke to me in a certain way. And I just want to make sure I get it out just right. Regardless of what, what your work says about you. Regardless of what your situation says about you, what's going on right now. Regardless of what your family says about you. Your friends. Amen. When you know who you are in Christ and you're getting a position that you have confidence in who you are and God's word and you're standing on God's word, it don't matter what's going on, what people say, because really that's how the enemy moves. It's not necessarily destruction around you more than it is the words that are coming at you from other people. Maybe some that are close to you. You know, there may be words that are spoken to you when you're a small, you know, three, three-year-old. And I'm just throwing a, 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 a year out there. You know, at a young age or you're in youth or, you know, regardless of where you're at in life, somebody spoke something in you and that wasn't God. That wasn't founded on God's word and who you are in, in Christ. Amen? And, you know, a lot of times we, we hear those things. We let circumstances, we let people define who we are. And that's not right. We need to really focus and put our confidence in Him and, and it's in His Word. And as we, because, you know, the God is the Word. Amen? As you more you study this out. Um, and that's where I feel that God's confident in challenging everybody to say, prove me. If you trust me in, in the finances, if you trust me in giving, if you, the windows of heaven will open. And when you're feeling confident in me, you're more than the conqueror. Amen? Let's go to Peter. So can I get an amen again? Amen. <laughs> First Peter. And actually, I want to. I know we're on a time limit. Amen. First Peter, chapter one. And let's look at um, let's look at verse seven. It talks about that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, though it be tried with fire, might be founded unto praise and honor, the glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse eight. Whom having not seen, ye love him, and whom through now we see him not. Yet believing, he rejoiced with so unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 9. Receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. What's verse 10? Of which salvation the prophets acquired. And verse 11. Okay, let's go back. Sorry. Let's go back to verse 3 and put that in the uh, message Bible. We got, the mess- we got the message version, right? Oh, here we- this is what I want. 
So what a God we have, amen? And how fortunate we are to have him, this father of, ma of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, being given a brand new life, amen? So we're born again, we have that brand new life and have everything to live for. Everything. As we're confident in his word, as we walk in that new life, we have everything. Verse 4. Including a future in heaven, and the future starts now. Amen? We're already in that future. In verse 5, God is keeping careful watch over us, the future. The day is coming when you have it all, life healed and whole. Amen? And that's what we have. That's what we got to hold, hold on to. That's what we got to be confident in who we are in Him. Amen? Because everything's going, all the trials and tribulations, it's, and that's what I learned. You know, it's like, I know a lot of y'all that know me a little bit, it's my... Man, so work, work piles up on you. All these things pile on you. But what God showed me, he goes, it ain't going to change, Bill. But what's changes is when you put it, when I continue to put my trust in him, that circumstance will change. What I mean by that is I, it changes by me learning how to follow God and walk with him through that heavy workload every day. Things start working out when things come out of nowhere and help. Where actually, you know what? I didn't have to stay an extra two hours because so-and-so came out of nowhere and took care of this, and now I can, I'm free to go. You know, amen? All right, so now, last thing, and uh, I'll close with this. You be you in him. Amen? Gary, you was next on the video. Uh, you was rolling your man skate. You remember that? <laughs> Better on a case tractor, though. <clears throat> yep. Hallelujah. Well, what the Lord put on my heart was to talk about the backsliders trails. And I feel like I'm qualified to talk about this, unfortunately, because I was a backslider. So many times I lost track. And uh, in fact, I backslid so bad that I didn't really think there was much hope for me. And I had pretty much given up hope. And uh, the enemy was real good at beating me down with that, telling me there was no hope for me. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, if that's true, why am I still dealing with you? And I said, Lord, please don't leave me alone. Drag me back kicking and screaming if you have to, Lord, but I never meant to backslide. I never did. In my heart of hearts, the Lord knows. And when I gave him my heart, it was truly his for all time. But what happens is the enemy plants strongholds. Could you put 2 Corinthians 10, 3 up there for us? The enemy plants strongholds in our mind, and these things can happen through various different ways. Sometimes it's just in the way you think because you're not thinking things like God thinks them. And so the enemy takes that and exploits it, and he sets up a little fortification in your mind which the Bible calls a stronghold it could be a vice you know smoking drinking and, and and I'm not saying those things are dragging you backwards all the way but what it does is it puts a stronghold there for the enemy to launch from put it in the King James please for though we walk in the flesh 
We do not war after the flesh. Next. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? The next scripture gives you a clue. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We won't go there. Because what matters is recognizing these strongholds in your life. And according to this scripture, in verse 4, it says, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So how do we know what that is? We got to get in God's word and get his opinion on it. So if you would go to Romans 12.1 for me. In the King James. I just like the King James. It's, it's the base I go to. I, I like reading other translations too. But I always like to come back to the King James. He says, I beg you, brother. I beg you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Or you could say, it's the least you could do. Amen. Next verse. And be not conformed to this world, but be you rather transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of the Father. So we get in the Word and we find out what God's personality is. We find out what His opinion on things are. And if we try to look at everything through the light of God's Word like a filter, then when we see things that don't line up with the Word, we know, hey, wait a minute. That's not what the Word says. When I first got back right with the Lord, when the Lord drew me back and He first got me grounded, I would go to the convenience store after work and I would be going inside to get me a Dr. Pepper. And man, I mean for the first five or six times, I'd be standing in front of the Bud Light. And I mean, it was totally an unconscious thing. And I would be like, what in the world? <laughs> well, after about the fourth or fifth time, it started getting kind of funny to me because I had no intentions whatsoever of getting a Bud Light. And I recognized that the enemy was using that stronghold that I had allowed in my mind that I hadn't, the Spirit of the Lord hadn't dealt with me yet to help remove that stronghold. And I, I found out that when I verbally say I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus, it has a lot more effect than if I just think it. And so, man, when I first got born again, I was like all in. I was a Jesus freak. I really fell in love with Jesus. And, and that's a whole another story that Pastor Guy hadn't given me enough time for, so to move past that one so but I never intended to backslide but I found myself with desires that were laid in my heart that I hadn't dealt with and I hadn't allowed the Lord to deal with and so next thing you know those vices are coming to, to the front and it's a it's a subtle pull away a little here a little there and the next thing you know you're messing up you know, um, my bump, when I, the night I got saved, my bronchial tubes collapsed from smoking marijuana. Um, that was my drug of choice. 
that time I didn't really care much for drinking alcohol. I was mostly just smoking weed. And uh, it was pretty dramatic. I mean, I, I thought I was having a heart attack, really. But it was my bronchial tubes that were collapsing. And the doctor said if I'd have had a weak heart, I'd never made it through it. And so, man, I, I was determined I wasn't ever doing that again. But you know, because I hadn't allowed the Spirit of the Lord to deal with me with those things that were hidden in my heart, do you know that it wasn't two and a half years later that the enemy had me smoking dope again? And then, But the, there was a change, though. Those demonic spirits that are attached to, to those things, they come with friends. And so I wasn't just smoking marijuana anymore. Now I was drinking alcohol to go with it because I couldn't smoke marijuana by itself because of the overwhelming attack that I would get under. And that thus began a up and down ride worse than any roller coaster I'd ever been on which took me plunging over the end that only the Lord could save me from and I'm here to tell you that it has truly done a work in my heart in 1993 I began well actually it was 1994 I began seeking the Lord for the right way of doing things and that's another story I don't have time to tell <laughs> but um the Lord showed me so many things during that time and things I hear people preaching about still today. And I wasn't even going to church yet, but I was truly seeking God for the answers. And in 1997, the Lord led us to, to Spirit of Life where Buddy was preaching. And that's another story I ain't got time to tell. But um, the Lord showed me some things about how not to ever backslide again. And... The first thing has to happen for anyone, and, and this is something that affects everyone, that because the Bible says every way is right in a man's own eyes. That means every person in this room has this problem, that you're going to think that you're right in your own eyes from time to time. That's another reason why we need each other, because we help hold each other accountable, because sometimes we think we're right and we're not. Hopefully we look at everything through a two-way mirror on the outside looking in so we see ourselves. Um, so the first thing that has to happen is you got to get really you got to get real and you got to really decide who you're going to serve Amen. are you really serious and I'm not talking about y'all I'm talking about me I had to get really serious because I, I man I wanted my relationship restored with the Lord so bad man that, that was the most important thing to me and man I'm going to tell you hmm after the Lord restored my relationship, there was a new value on my relationship with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, there wasn't nothing or nobody that was worth that. And to this day, I take that same stand. I value my relationship with Jesus more than anything. Protect it. Guard it. What you get in your heart, guard it. Understand what backsliding is and set yourself not to do it. Learn what the strongholds the enemy has put in your life so that the Holy Spirit can begin working with you to get rid of them. Because everything that's happened to you in your life until the Spirit of the Lord helps you deal with it is still there. Only the Lord can be the one to heal your heart, truly. When the Lord heals you, you don't need nothing else. So, I'm going to wrap this up.
with this answer that the Lord gave me. When I was first born again and I was really on fire for God, man, I was seeking the Lord. and I used to, um, uh, me and several different uh, young men were uh, close and loved God and we were loving each other as brothers in the Lord and Buddy Adams was one of those guys in my life and man, I, we used to, all of us guys, man, we'd stay up till one, two o'clock in the morning just talking about Jesus, man, and just talking about the things of God. We were so excited about the things of God and Oh, I don't know, it was sometime after Buddy had been saved for a good while, I had uh, went over to his house, and Miss Joyce came to the door. I don't even know if you remember this. And I knocked on the door, and I was, is Buddy here? And she was like, he's in his room praying. And so I'm thinking, so? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So, okay, well, go get him. <laughs> and she was like, hey, he's got the door shut, and he won't come out. It's like, okay. So I, that happened about two or three times. And, the, and I guess it was the third time it happened, maybe. I was riding, I was walking down the driveway, and I thought to myself, nobody prays that much. Well, when the Lord drew me back the last time, I asked the Lord, I said, well, Lord, it's obvious to me the things that Buddy did that I, I mean, that, I, that Buddy didn't do, that I did, that he didn't backslide. But what are the things that Buddy was doing that I wasn't doing that he didn't backslide like I did? Not that I could tell. And the Lord said, you remember that day you was walking down the, his driveway and you said nobody prays that much? And the Lord said, that's the first thing that Buddy was really praying that much. And he said, if you will pray all the time and if you would worship me, he said, that's the second thing Buddy did. Buddy worshiped me all the time. And he said, and the third thing did, Buddy did was that he witnessed. Now, that was the fourth thing, actually. The third thing he said is he, uh, he, he read the Word, stayed in the Word, he prayed all the time, and he worshiped him all the time. And the Lord told me those in that, in that order, and I found out a lot of things that God does things on purpose in order. And the reason why he told me later that he told me pray first is because you really don't know how to, I mean, to read first is because you really don't know how to pray until you know who God is. And so the Lord told me to read, pray, and worship. And so after you get to know who God is, then you learn how to talk to God. And after you continue to press in and talking to God, you, you start worshiping God and getting in his presence. And then later he showed me that if you do those three things, you will witness. You won't be able to keep from it. And there was a lot of other things the Lord showed me as well. But I would share with y'all tonight that if you'll make a point in your life to read, not just read like you're just passing it, but read it to find out what it really means and get it down in the depths of your heart and be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by lining your mind's thoughts up with what the Word says, you'll begin to change in a way that you will never be the same and start learning to pray and talk to God on a regular basis about everything. You know, God's really not bothered by your idle conversation when you're talking to him. He really likes it. He likes us so much, and he cares so much about our conversation that he sent Jesus to die for our sins to restore our relationship with him so that we could have that relationship and be able to talk with him. And he will talk to you. And I mean, most of the time, I'm sure everybody probably has the same thing, 
but most of the time I can't shut my mind down long enough to really hear the Lord speak but I'm telling you I have done it on occasion and when I have I've heard him speak and he says things sometimes you ain't expecting you know what I mean read pray and worship you won't backslide Brother Tim, begonias, hydrangeas, it's the dad life. I can assure you, you're about to be in for a treat now. It's been a tough week, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Seems like every day I'm just running can to can. Today you have to speak, the whole world comes against you. Just, you know, one thing and another. You can't find time to get it all done. But I did manage to write down so I could uh, at least be cohesive about the thoughts I had tonight. And uh, what I wanted to speak about was something that's real close to my heart is serving the church. And uh, so if you, have you got that picture? I just want to bring to light some things a lot of you know, a lot of you don't know. The reason I know this is because I didn't know. I didn't know until I started serving the church. I had no idea what it took to run this church. And it's a small church. But uh, I have a greater appreciation for the people who work in the back with the children, with the people who greet us at the door, for what pastor does. We got 70, 80 people most any given Sunday that come and attend church here. That's 70 or 80 people that call on pastor. Can you imagine being one person and you got 70 or 80 people got problems? I hang my phone up. I wouldn't want to answer. <laughs> Tell you right now, I couldn't be the pastor. But anyway, uh, I had them put this up here just, just because a lot of people never seen this. You know, you got the pastor, and then you got the, the five people under him, and then it breaks down these different groups. Just to give you an idea how many people, they're not even up there. Anita has 27 people that run the children's church. Wow. They teach 40 children on average, some a little more, sometimes a little less. Average of 40 children. And... Uh, in guest services, we've got 22 adults and six children that help out. You ever tried to schedule 22, 27 people? A lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're needed. Your gifts and talents are needed here in this church. If you want to do something for the Lord, he's given you an opportunity. If you don't know what your gifts and talents are, just start serving somewhere. You'll find them. He'll show them to you. If you're led by the Spirit, you start off, start at the front door. <laughs> My part. Uh, you know, just, just so hand that. out tracts, and, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll learn to love the people and why you love them, and the Spirit will guide you, and you may find out that you belong back here in the children's church. You may find out you belong up here on this stage. I don't have the numbers about how many it takes to, for them to travel around and go to the, uh, to the uh, not to nursery. Old folks' home, we call place. Nursing home. Yeah, the nursing home. 
you know, to go to the nursing home and go out to youth village and all these places they go. They, they haul a big old van of equipment with them. They have to set all this up, tear all this down, play. But it's more than just the numbers of people. I just wanted to give you an idea of what it took. Now, see, that's only just a few departments. Look at all these departments up here. I promise you there's a place you can serve. There's a place you can start. Nobody's going to hold you to it if that's not your place. I promise you they'll release you and help you find where your gifts and talents can be most used and, and, and do the most good for the kingdom. I promise you. We'll all be just happy as we can be to bring you in and send you your way with somebody else. But uh, what else I want to talk about is these aren't just numbers. These are real people with real families of their own. Daniel Piercy's got a busload. He has to bring a bus to church. <laughs> Joe, he serves. He's got little kids. Cody, Greg. I mean, all these people that have real family. You know what? They give of their time. They take away from their own personal family to come and serve you, me, and the people who come in those doors back here that we don't even know. But... I found out through serving that I did have a few gifts and talents. That I didn't, maybe I did have a little something to say. Because I was real happy to come in and hear my little sermon and leave, you know. And uh, one day I was asked if I'd serve. And if you'd asked me or my wife 10 years ago if I'd be doing any of the few things that I do around here, I'd laugh. And I'd submit, you need to go put the bottle down or something because, you know, so, you know, and I ain't know that ain't going to happen. But, you know, I found out I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy serving people. I enjoy making, you know, entering people in, into the, hear God's word and let them have an opportunity to change their life. It's, 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 not, uh, it's not something that you will dread. You're going to learn to love it. You'll, 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 you'll come in here and you'll say, wow, man, you know, so-and-so started coming and now their children are coming and, and uh, before I get on a rabbit trail, just let me tell you about that because I'll forget about it and I, it's important to me, is I always mention to the young families that serve in, in, in my department that your families are first and foremost because if you don't keep your children in church, if you don't keep them brought before God's Word and show them a compass that points the right way, the world's got plenty of compasses out there and don't none of them point the right direction. It's important. It's important. I got, I got some of the guys that serve and some of the women that serve. They have their children serving. Man, I think uh, it started with Dorinda. She had Chloe serve. And uh, it just started as something. She just wanted to help her mom. And I saw that and I said, wow, golly, how did I miss that? How did I miss that? So I started talking to the other guys. You know, would your son like to serve with you? You know, he, sure, he loves it. He loves it. So now we have men being leaders to their children while serving the church. What a thought. That's awesome. And uh, I'd spoke with some of the older men in the church over the last few weeks. I have a, uh, I have a little project, a little vision. I, gotta, I think that the older men in the church should mentor the younger men and help them find their way and find their footing. Let them, let them find their gifts and talents and... Uh, see where they belong and then while we do this I've noticed I see a lot of 
the younger men, the younger than me, my young self, but a lot of the younger guys that's got families, I, I see some upcoming leaders. They don't know it yet, but, but they're, they have a gift. And uh, when they serve and they show their son or their daughter at the front door how to serve other people, I just can't think of a much better way of bringing them up through the church and then take them back there and let Daniel and Bill and all the rest of the great people who have found their talent and found their gift and bring our children up and be the future leaders of this church. So, anyway, should you serve? I, th I think everybody should find a way to serve. You know, if you'll serve, I, brought, I had to make me some notes because I've been so busy, I, I didn't want to miss anything that I had on my heart. And so just forgive me if I read over it for a second, but there's an attitude sometimes with people when they first start coming to church that's, you know, my presence doesn't really matter. You know, if I'm not there Sunday, it's, it's not a big deal. Well, it is a big deal. You know, we need your supply. We need your gift. We need your talent. We need you back here with our children. We need you helping us to greet these people out here coming off the street that are hurting, that want to change their lives and find Jesus and find a new direction. It is important you're here. If you'll serve, you can discover your gifts, your talents. I wrote that down. And it'll help you yourself grow closer to God. It's helped me. You know, I used to stumble on up in here and get my good sermon. Man, get my little Jesus fix, hold me for the week. Might be back Wednesday, might not. But I'm going to tell you something. Serving and trying to keep the, let the Spirit work within you to work with other people and be gracious and humble and show the love to God to these people coming in here, it'll, it'll, it'll do something to you. It'll grow you up yourself. So, I just want to encourage you to find your place and to start serving somewhere. That's, that's really where I wind it up. And, but you got to take the first step. You got to be willing to do like when Van asked me if I'd just be an usher. You got to be willing to, and I made him wait because I knew it'd be a price to pay. So if you get asked and you want to wait and make sure you're making a decision you can stick to, you do that. Because there's something to be said for serving with integrity, too. If you say you're going to serve, you serve. Because you are missed when you're not here. But take the first step, and you'll find a journey that the Spirit within you will lead you down and show you gifts and talents that you don't know you even have yet. And uh, I apologize if I didn't really speak about something real spiritual to you but I, just something that's on my heart and I thought you know the pyramid that I had showed you not, a lot of people just don't I thought 10 people ran the church I really did and to be honest with yourself I bet those of you that don't serve which many of you do because this is Wednesday night and you got the people doing two, three, four, five things if it was Sunday morning there'd be a bunch of them you know they, they think five or ten people run the church you got what, five or six people up here singing? You got a guy or two greeting, and the pastor gives a message, and it's all over, right? Literally half the church 
serves the church right now? Probably more. I mean, I didn't get down to the exact stats because I didn't have time. I tried to call some leaders and find out how many exactly were serving in their departments and things like that so I could really show you how many people are serving the church within the church and, how, and what it takes. And uh, So these people that are serving for you and watching your children and helping them grow up and showing them a good moral compass, I just think they're due a little bit of respect and a, and, and a good hug or something, you know. Just tell them you really appreciate them. I know they don't do it for that, and I, I, I know it's all, it's, it's all for the kingdom. But I tell you, just a good thank you goes a long way when somebody's been back here changing your baby's diaper, listening to them holler and squeal and spill on the floor and get it up and get back in here. I mean, just a good thank you, Mike. But I'm done. Thank you all. And last but not least, Mr. Daniel Piercy. Give him a round of applause. Oh, man. It's crazy for me to be the youngest one to get to serve with all this wisdom and knowledge. Man, and like, uh, like Miss Lisa said at the offerings, Malachi 3.10, he tells you to that's the one area that he could prove you can test him in. But he loves to prove himself to you. You know, it's like almost like his favorite thing to do, I think. Because this church, where it says we're a warm, fun-loving family, eager to reach out. It's, man, God, you might feel like you lose something in your life, and God will put multiple back in. Because for me... In my personal life, I lost my parents within two years. And then coming back to this church, God's put more father figures in my life, more mother figures in my life, more than I need. You know what I mean? There's more than enough to help keep me pushed forward. And not in a bad way. But, man, you know, it's just crazy to be a part of it. And like, like, Tim said, serving will bless, bless you more than you could even imagine. I, I get into it because I, I feel like I owe God everything. You know what I mean? He's given me so much. And because I've made a choice to, with all the stuff that I've gone through, I know how it could go the other way. My real family, my blood, you know, they don't give encouragement. You know what I mean? They don't give, they, they, they would try to get me to, do what the devil would have me do in a situation like that, you know, mask it with worldly things and stuff like that. But because I decided to make the decision to not, because I knew that was just going to bring even more pain and misery. I've seen it in people's lives, in my family's lives, you know. So to decide not to go that way, God is just, man, can't even describe how blessed I am and how much encouragement, so, you know, so just to be thankful, but then to serve, because out of the thankfulness, it's just a continuing cycle of getting blessed and being blessed and God showing how much he loves you, how much he cares, how much he'll take care of you. And, you know, it's a testimony to this church. Our, a lot of us has got a war cry, the Rocky quote, you know? <laughs> about winning is not how hard 
you hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And you, you, you start serving and you think, oh man, things is going easy, but it ain't always easy. It definitely ain't always easy. More times than not, because you're serving and you're making an impact that you don't know, you're gonna be under more of an attack. Just like Mr. Gary said, it's not a flesh and blood war, it's spiritual. So we think we're doing things just for people, you know, taking care of people, helping people out, you know, just trying to be what God would have me be. And it's causing a spiritual impact that you don't even realize. And then you get under attack. Just like Mr. Tim said, he knew he was going to serve today, and it came at him today. More busyness and more stuff than he could, you know, the normal. And he knew, you know, but he don't know why, but God knows why. You know what I mean? So I keep it short for pastor, but I mean, that's just what's on my heart. It's, especially like Mr. Tim said, if, if you don't know where to serve, but you know you want to do something, we have plenty of older gentlemen to ask where to go. We got the LinkedIn classes that'll teach you everything, all the areas to serve. And it is, you'll be more blessed than you'll be a blessing, if that makes any sense, you know what I mean? You, you, try, you can try and try and try to keep up with God as far as being a blessing and getting blessed, and you won't never outdo him. All right, Daniel, here's your pink Bible. You know how I know he's a real man? He carries that pink Bible in the jailhouse and preaches from it. I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> Aren't they awesome? Isn't it just make you feel good that you go to a church that's got men of that caliber? It is awesome. Just to recap a few things that I wrote down that they said, you know, things that they implied. I like what Bill said. He said that you can't let people define you, the things that they say about your life. You let the Word of God tell you who you are. There's going to be people that all, there's always somebody criticizing, saying a word. There's always going to be somebody that ain't got nothing, neg nothing good to say, only negative. There's people like that in the world, and they will try to talk you out of your life, out of the call on your life. But you can't let them uh, speak into your life. Recognize it. And then you get into what Gary said. It's, a spir it's spiritual warfare. When people are speaking negatively into your life and trying to tell you what you ain't and what you'll never be, well, that's the voice of the enemy. That's why you need the whole armor of God. You need that shield of faith that you can quench all those fiery darts. And you say, well, it's not the devil. It's just some, they're people, they're well-meaning, but they can be used by the devil. And so, so don't let... The people define you, uh, not even your close family. Don't let anybody define you except the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your creator. He put that DNA in you. He knows your personality. He knows who you were created to be. If you want to get your Ford fixed, don't go down to the Chevy place. Go to the people who designed it. Gary, you told me that about how not to backslide. Probably 15 years ago, I spent 
many years in the children's church telling the children those three principles to pray, worship with your life and, and stay in the word of God three principles how not to backslide I spent years in the children's church teaching them then when I was in the, in the youth I painted it on the wall it's behind those bricks now but if you go back there you'll see above at the top it'll say stay in the word then it'll say pray without ceasing 1 Thessalonians 5 12 or 13 and then it says worship with your life Romans 12 1 so I've been using those simple principles that you told me to teach their, our youth. Kaylee, weren't you taught that for the five years you were in the, in the youth group? Children's church. And so, see, what God shows you, put it in the action. When God teaches you something, you go teach somebody else. That's called discipleship. And that's getting into what Brother Tim's talking about. It's younger men taking, uh, older men taking younger men under their wing and teaching them what they've learned. Older women taking the younger women under their wing and teaching them. And maybe not older physically, but sometimes it's just older spiritually. Sometimes you may have a 20-year-old, you know, discipling a 40-year-old. just depends on how long they've been serving the Lord and how they've been into that word. And, I, you know, nothing touches the heart of people like seeing somebody, like what Gary said, express his passion for Jesus. He didn't say, I do these things because I, I get God gives me blessing back. You know, if I'll do these things, my life will turn out. He said, I do these things because I love Jesus. With tears in his eyes, welling up in his eyes. A real, a real man loving Jesus. And all four of them feel the same way you can tell they do what they do because they love Jesus not because they're trying to get anything back because but they feel like they owe everything to Jesus because if you're just doing it because you're just trying to get a better life for yourself you're just rearranging the, the chairs on the Titanic because you can't put a band-aid on this old life of ours you got to have a new heart that wants to serve him out of the right purposes don't try to bandage up your old life and get your and use God as a, a genie rub on him. Maybe he'll make my life a little better. Serve him, give him your heart and see what he'll do. Tim, the brother has come alive. And he has understood the principles of leadership in a, such a short time like nobody I've ever seen and, and can explain the mere fact that you stumbled across the idea of men bringing their children to work with them, or Dorinda, or women bringing their children, littles, and giving them badges. Who, which, which was, whose son was it came in here the other day? It was Jacob's son. Came in here the other day with his badge. I mean, he was absolutely ecstatic that he had a badge. That is going to touch him for the rest of his life, made an impact on that young man's life. And it is teaching them such great principles. That is probably most, one of the most exciting things that's happened here at the Passion Church all year. And I'm putting together things that happened here at the Passion Church to get ready to go to my meetings in, in Montgomery with my pastor and your senior pastor. But that is exciting stuff. God's showing you men, if you'll stay in his word and you'll keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, he will speak to you truths that will be life-changing. And all of us can can make major impacts. Serving with joy. It's a joy serving. You say, well, I don't know if I have time. You'll never have time. 
B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. He will keep you there. You have to get out from under his yoke. You have to say no more. Resist the devil and he will flee. Say, I am serving the Lord. I don't care what my schedule looks like. You do that. You give God your time. He will, give you, he will help you with your time. He didn't tell the woman with the two mites, no, I know you don't have much, honey. You don't have to give. You just go back. Because he was saying, go and put it all in there because if you give me your all, I will give you my all. And if you give God your time, watch and see if you don't get time back. And then in, in serving, this doesn't become, this, this doesn't stay Pastor Guy's church. This becomes my church. You take ownership because we're all in this together. We're all working together to get this job done for the Lord. And what we're doing matters here. There are lives coming through those doors that need changing and are being changed. And it matters. Most people that come through those doors will make up their mind whether they're going to listen to anything I have to say or, or come back to this church with, before they get past that purple sound booth. They have already made up their mind whether they'll ever be back here again. And if they say, well, maybe I'll try it out, and then they go back to the, to the back and they drop their kids off and there's somebody back there cussing or, or talking bad about somebody or... or impolite or something well we're not being coming back here why is that important are we trying to beg people to come here these people don't they are reaching out and we have to do everything we can to draw them gently in so that the love of God can touch them we can't push them away everything that we do matters most people have it has nothing to do with how well I preach or don't preach it's how they feel when they come in here. Is the Spirit of God in this place? Is love, am I warm? Are we a warm, fun-loving family like we say we are? That makes all the difference in the world. And can I find a place to fit in? And what Brother Tim was saying is you absolutely can. There's a whole chart full of things that you can get involved in. And if there ain't a box up there, maybe God will give you an idea for a new box. There are, I mean... As people step up with their gifts and their ideas, it becomes new boxes for us to, to add to our repertoire. Like Daniel said, serving God is worth it. And you can't outgive God. He's going to give you back more than you can imagine. And I know Daniel, I've been around him long enough to know he feels like me. We've just quite simply become Jesus junkies. I can't imagine what my life would be like now if somebody were to take away all the opportunities that I've been given to go to outreaches and see souls saved. If I go through a week now and I don't see anybody saved, that's like, oh my goodness. If you'll stay with it, you will be put in places. You will be given opportunities to share what you have that will make an eternal significance. And when you get to heaven, somebody will be singing that song. So glad you gave. <laughs> it will be corny. But, it, but it's, it's true. There's not a person in here that's not just chock full of potential. 
Because God, he can, he can use a donkey. And there's not a person in here that he didn't infuse with greatness. Not a person in here. If you will find what you were called to do, and you only find it by getting that car rolling because he won't steer a parked car. So put your hand to the plow, and like Brother Tim says, if this, ain't, this don't feel right, we want you where you're supposed to be. We want you fitting into your special place in the church and serving. I know. Now see, now Gary understands why I put a time limit on everybody. Ain't y'all glad I cut Gary off? No. <laughs> hey, how about let's just have Gary back and preach all he wants to here pretty soon because I think... Or any of them. I tell you what, them are some preaching machines. And they're not up here doing it all the time and, and, and comfortable with it. But the Lord of God, the Lord of God. The Lord of God, he's good. See, I do it all the time and I still can't do it right. The Lord of God, the most high God, he's good. Well, we're going to go ahead and close. I'm for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.